Hello and welcome to the Dreams of Soars podcast. Meditations and rituals on living an intuitive, creative life. Art is healing and a haven for the soul. In this podcast, I hope you get to rest and come home to yourself your intuition, and your creative spirit. In here, we explore intuitive art, creativity, and grounded spirituality. With soothing music and sound medicine to help you access your inner being within. I'm your host, Megan, an intuitive painter, creative director, and mystic working with art, creativity, and trauma-informed somatic modalities. So let's dive into today's episode. Making time for our art or creative practice is a never-ending juggle of creating time of priorities, of fitting it in with our different responsibilities. While it's every creative's dream to have vast expanses of time just dedicated to our art, the reality is art, more often than not, is done in slivers of stolen time, juggled in between day jobs, part-time jobs, business admin, or caregiving our children. We also live in a society that conditions us to hustle and grind, moving us away from another aspect of art that at times we've forgotten. That art and creativity are tied to the innate nature of our bodies and life force. And like nature, creativity moves in cycles. I wanna delve into this topic with you with beautiful, whimsical, intuitive artist, Sky Miller. Sky's art and energy can only be described as an exhale, a breath of fresh air after the hustle and grind of the day. Her beautiful blue floral paintings evoke nostalgic memories of childhood, of slow afternoons laying on the grass underneath blue skies. Sky Como Miller is an artist and author based out of Greenville, South Carolina. She paints contemporary blue florals that embody the energy of nostalgia and romance. Her work revolves around themes of slow living, remembering the sweetness of childhood, and finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. The color blue helps us process our fears and any grief that manifests in this wild and wonderful life. Blue helps us express those deep feelings, but then ushers us into a place of comfort and resolve. Blue is sky and water. It is peace and safety. It is midnight and dawn, both expansive and grounding. You can find her paintings on indigoskyfineart.com and her socials on the podcast show notes below. Welcome to the Dreams of Source podcast, Sky. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. 
And thank you for that beautiful introduction. I, I truly am just so honored to be here. I'm honored that I was one of the artists you thought of when you were lining up your guests for the podcast this season. And this is exciting. I feel like we are very aligned energetically and creatively, and I'm ready to go deep. And I can't wait to just dive in and just really share, you know, share some of these stored up insights that I'm carrying and I'm I'm ready to like release it to the world. So thank you for having me. Blue is home to me. I definitely did not set out being like, you know, I'm going to be an artist who only paints in one color. <laughs> um, and I do, I do use more colors, but blue is the prominent color in my work. And it's because blue feels like home. It feels safe to me. Blue is such an interesting color because, you know, like if you go into color psychology, blue represents trust, but then there are also other artists who have used blue as a means of expressing sadness. But for me, what I found is that blue is like a means of expressing my emotion and then moving me into a place of peace. So I can come to to my work, I can come to my, my paper, my canvas, and I can bring the heaviness, I can bring my sadness or my disappointment or my grief or my frustration and anger. And then I just feel like there's something about indigo and the color blue in general, you know, that kind of transmutes those heavier emotions and carries me to a place of peace and resolution and comfort. And I always walk away feeling lighter. I am so drawn to the color blue, like I literally cannot quit blue, and it just makes me so happy. You know, one of my earliest memories is looking at, it was a piece of clothing that was my mom's, and it was this creamy cotton fabric with tiny blue flowers on it, and that little tiny snippet of a core memory just lives so deeply inside of me that anytime I'm painting my blue flowers, I feel like I'm connecting back to my life in that moment, that like pure innocence, you know, like baby child. For me, I think my work represents nostalgia and connection. And I'm very interested in reminding people of what it was like to be a child, you know, before you were an adult, before you were carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Just like remember what your life was like in in a simpler time. And that's the energy that I'm trying to achieve with, with all of my paintings is nostalgia, freshness, you know, playfulness, uh, joy, which is so interesting because again, the color blue, some people translate that as sadness, but I want people to see my work and not feel sadness, but feel the exhale of sadness, you know, and the inhale of peace and lightness.
I'm still finding balance here. I by no means have figured this out, but what I have done is I have kind of mastered the art of accepting how little studio time I, I do get and being okay with that. I think right now I'm getting about, I would say two hours total a week, which is very minimal for someone who is building a business off of this aspect, right, of your life. But the thing is, is that I have three young kiddos right now. I'm working full-time outside of my creative practice. I'm managing a home, you know, like I have the understanding that my life is very busy right now. And I also, I also know that this is not what my life will always look like. You know, I won't always have three little children. Like eventually I'm going to have three adult children that like won't be living with me and won't need me. You know, like they won't need me. They won't need a thousand things and have a thousand questions for me. And that's equally beautiful and terrifying. But that is what grounds me is the realization that one day I will have all the time in the world to paint and I will probably honestly be thinking back to this moment in my life, wishing I could get back to when everything was chaos and my kids were little and I had to help with homework and, you know, they wanted to make cookies and, you know, all of the ways that my energy is being pulled away from the studio. Like, I'm just, I'm just okay with that, you know? And another thing that's really helpful to consider is that your creative practice, like it is such a generous time. Like I really do look at like our time in the studio. It's like, it's like a partnership. So just like a marriage or any other partnership in your life, hopefully you have a partner that understands when you can't give them a hundred percent or even 50%. Really, a marriage to me feels like a 50-50, you know, exchange of energy. And hopefully you're with someone who can have kindness and patience and understanding for you when you're in a really insanely busy season of your life. So that's how I view the creative practice too, is that It is so generous. It is so understanding. It is never judgmental. It's always like, no, just come when you can, you know, and it always fills your cup up and it's just really beautiful. So that is kind of an overall like snapshot of how I'm balancing motherhood and busyness and my creative practice. Is there a difference between my art practice and my motherhood practice? They're very, very interconnected, even, you know, logistically, like with having kids in the studio and then like I've literally collaborated with my three-year-old on multiple paintings and um, it's so, it's so sweet, you know, like I really, I try my best to not close off this part of my life to my kids as much as I can, you know, like obviously I have my studio set up in a room that you know, I have to keep the door closed because there are art supplies and materials and things that I, I don't want to get ruined. And let me tell you, my three-year-old daughter is wild and I love it so much, <laughs> but I cannot tell you the amount of paint that I have gone through this year just because she keeps like sneaking in and finding paint and like taking it and literally squeezing it out <laughs> everywhere. But yes, it's very interconnected. 
I'm putting into my creative practice what I'm learning from my children. You know, I mentioned my three-year-old is very wild and I am learning how to be messy again, you know, because of her influence on my life and my creative practice, you know, like I will have moments where I am literally transmuting these big feelings into moments of beauty and peace. And then I can kind of like take that higher energy back to my kids and nourish them with that same beauty and peace and joy and just like a big sigh energy, right? So very, very interconnected. I think if you're an artist and a mother, like, you know, when you have your kids in your studio, I mean, from my experience, it is still very much, you know, like you're teaching and you're monitoring and you're managing and it's beautiful and you can have fun with your kids while creating or painting or sculpting or whatever you're doing. But you you have to have that solitude to really focus on on your practice like you deserve that. Your practice deserves that. It was one of those things that just felt divinely aligned. I remember, okay, one of the goals I set for myself at the beginning of the year was that I wanted to collaborate more. I wanted to collaborate at least one time with another artist. And I remember, um, Back in March, I just had this like ping, like drop into my spirit and was just like, I, I want to do an earring collaboration. Like it was like, it was so weird. It was out of nowhere. And I just immediately could envision like, oh, I really want to paint on these earrings that I've been seeing. They're like super trendy and they're on Instagram, like all over my feed. And I immediately thought of Hello Teddy Co. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, you know, she's she's got a, a pretty big audience and she's probably not going to respond. And But I'm just going to do it anyway. And on a whim, I literally DM'd her. Like, my kids are screaming. Like, it's the worst time possible, but also the best time possible. And I just DM'd her and I was like, hey, hi. Um, I don't know if you want to do this, but... I would love to collaborate. Here's my idea. I pitched her, you know, an idea for a mother, a Mother's Day collection, which for, for US is in um, April or is it in May? I think it's in April. Um, so it was literally like a month away from Mother's Day. And I sent the message fully expecting not to hear back from her because she's busy and she has a massive audience and I'm sure her DMs are full. And she messaged me back right away, like literally within like, I want to say 30 minutes or something. And she was like, yep, yeah, cool. Let's meet for coffee. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that that just worked out, you know? And anyway, it was so fun to um, get to know her. She really is just, she's so energetic and full of life and funny. And if you look at her, her Instagram handle is at Hello Teddy Co. And she just put some of the best reels out there that are just so like funny and make you chuckle. Um, but the, the actual collection of hand-painted earrings was really tender and really sweet and um, represented kind of this um, 
the journey of motherhood and how vastly unique it is for humans. You know, like my experience of motherhood has been very different from her experience of motherhood. And it was just really beautiful for us who, who had distinctly different journeys to come together and create a collection that represented hope, really. And it was, it was really beautiful. Okay, so how is Maiden Sky different than Mother Sky? Uh, vastly different. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is such a, a difficult question to answer, but um, I definitely have more patience and grace for myself. Motherhood, you know has connected me back to my inner child and and remembering what it was like to be a child and I didn't have that you know like I didn't have three little human mirrors that were mirroring back to me you know my my own wounds and the own my own moments in childhood that I get to rewrite It's definitely expanded my practice. Motherhood for me has, I mean, maybe it is wisdom. I don't know. It has just made me a more understanding person, a more patient person, a person who is less focused on perfectionism and more focused on enjoying the mess. My work before kids was a lot more realistic and after kids I find my work is a lot more gestural and loose and that makes me so happy. It just feels freeing to not feel so confined by needing to to make the right brush strokes and to make the painting look a certain way now it is very much you know I mean and I think you can see that in my work that it that it embraces the mess there are paint splatters and loose strokes and layers and it's just more complex, whereas, which I obviously don't have any of my very old work on my website, but it was more realistic, which there, obviously there's nothing bad, like we need realistic art, but I think for me, I needed to evolve in this way. And my art practice is better because of that evolution of letting go of the perfectionism, letting go of control, control is an illusion, embracing the chaos, and yeah, just learning how to be happy in the midst of not having control, really. You know, motherhood has changed my art practice in that it has made me a more loose and um, patient and okay with the mess person. And that's also, you know, visible in my work with the splatters and the layers and the loose brush strokes. And I mean, I'm working with watercolor, which is, 
most of the time. I'm, I'm, my other format is acrylic on canvas, but the watercolor is, you make a mark and it, for the most part it's there, you know, like you can't really edit it too much and nor do I want to put energy into editing my marks. It's just like that mark, it's messy and it's maybe doesn't look like a petal should, like a flower petal should, but I'm leaving it because I believe that mark happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. Whereas pre-motherhood, I, I fully believe I would have, you know, gotten out my magic eraser, eraser and tried to sponge off that petal and like recreate it and make it look exactly like it's supposed to look. And now there's just this element of like, I actually don't care you know like this is how it's supposed to be this is the energy I'm bringing to this painting and I love it you know My introduction to motherhood was very, very traumatic. My firstborn had a traumatic brain injury during labor. And um, without getting into too much detail, it really affected my experience of what I thought having a baby was going to be. So I have had to navigate a lot of disappointment and shame and, you know, lack of control. And, and again, that's clearly a theme for me is letting go of control and understanding that I think control is an illusion. You know, like when do we ever really truly have control over anything other than our own state of being? And even then... That could be, <laughs> that's up for debate. So I say that because the beginning part of me becoming a mother was very different than what I think most people experience. But I'm grateful for it in a way because I feel like I, I had to navigate just so much challenge up front and so much fear and unknowns and my firstborn has special needs now and it's just it's a part of our life he you know we're fortunate in the sense that like he's very high functioning but there are you know he has multiple diagnoses that we are managing right now and and it's tough but you know I recognize that it could have been so much worse. And we do have uh, two other kiddos who did not have traumatic births. Yes, so I'm very grateful. What have I let go of? Definitely the illusion of control, definitely perfectionism, and I've gained the wisdom of understanding that any mess can be turned into something beautiful and your perspective is everything you know like your mindset how you choose to to interpret events and trauma in your life is everything and i definitely did not have that insight before becoming a mother so yeah i've gained a lot and i'm so grateful 
our natural cycles of creativity. And I feel like, especially when you take social media into account, there is this insane pressure to always be on and to always be producing and to always have high output and to always be creating and putting content out into the world. Honestly, that is just not how we were made to function, right? Like, just like the earth has seasons, I truly, truly believe and have experienced that creativity also flows in seasons of our life where sometimes we're in a spring and a summer and creativity is just flowing out of us and our output is really high, like we have a lot of work we're producing. But then there are seasons of your life where you might be in more of a fall or a winter, you know, where you're, <laughs> you have to rest, you know, you have to focus on gathering inspiration. Your well has dr run dry in a sense, and uh, maybe not dry, it's just lowered and you need to refill, right? And so you're in a creative rest season and your output is lower. You don't have as much work that you're putting out into the world, you know? And there's so many factors that affect what season you're in and how creativity can flow through you. But I think having this basic understanding that you are not meant to always be on and it's okay for you to rest. Um, it's okay for you to focus on gathering inspiration, like I said, or focus on creating in a new way or with a different format, a different medium. Focus on collaborating. That This is part of why I reached out to that other artist to do this collaboration was because I was realizing like, oh, I feel like I'm in a bit of a dry season. And I feel like if I work with another artist, it will help, you know, pull me out of the, the negativity that I, I'm finding myself in, you know, the, the thoughts, you know, that can come alongside of not of being an artist and not putting a lot of art in the world. It's uncomfortable. So I did outline, you know, a few, some recommendations and, and some information on how to like navigate being in a low creative season in that blog post. But yeah, I just think this is something that needs to be shared more, you know, and I really don't see a lot of other artists talking about this and maybe it is just this well-known thing that, you know, we just, we do have cycles of creativity, but I've not seen a lot of information out there on it. And I think it's so important because again, you know, <laughs> when you take, anytime you open Instagram or you open TikTok or whatever app, even Pinterest, you know, like you're seeing you're seeing work being produced constantly, you know, and it's not a, an accurate reflection of what's actually happening in that person's life. And it might be for sure. Like some people just, it seems like they're always on this creative high and they're always pushing work out into the world. And, you know, and if this is their full-time income, then maybe that's true for them. But this is what I'm finding that's resonant and beneficial and true for me is that I need to allow myself to function in seasons and to allow myself to rest and to be okay with not putting a ton of work out into the world in this season because I know right that I'm going to swing out of this season of winter and eventually I'm going to find my spring again you know I'm going to be creating and 
releasing more work out into the world. But this phase of rest is so, I feel is so critical to the season of abundance and, and just pushing and this flow. Like I, I like to think of it as like a waterfall, you know, like we're, when you're in that creative flow season, that high output season, it is just like a waterfall, like pouring out of you. Like sometimes it feels like you can't turn it off, right? Like you just have to, you just have to get the work out. Other times, you know, like right now, I was just reflecting on this yesterday. It feels like I am still in a body of water, this creativity thing, right? But it's still, and it is peaceful and it is, I'm wading through it, right? Like I'm up to my hips, I am walking through it. You can't really run in water, right? That's like that, you know, if you're that deep in it. And I just think artists, we need to take some pressure off of ourselves. And yeah, again, I, I have, I list a lot of different tips and stuff out in that, that blog post. I'm so passionate about this topic, if you can't tell. Okay, see, this is something I've thought a lot about because I've been in a longer season of creative rest and I am so intentional about making sure I don't fall into resistance because there was a time in my life where I didn't paint for seven years straight and I was so bound by this capital R resistance and coming out of that, which is a whole different podcast episode, right? But coming out of that, I realized like, I never want to go back there again. And I need to put my ass where my heart wants to be, as Stephen Pressfield says, you know, and like, I just need to sit, create a space, sit in my studio and just play. So that is how my practice has evolved that seven year period ended in, I want to say 2016. So I've, I've had that seven year period of not painting. And then I've had several years since then of actively creating consistently. So that's why I'm so passionate is because I've lived both. And I've realized that in, in a sense, this capital R resistance is so easily defeated in, in action. Like it is so simple. Like literally all we have to do is act, you know, and for creatives, for artists, that looks like getting into the studio and getting some work done, you know, putting again, putting your ass where your heart wants to be. I love how simple that is. The difference for me between rest and resistance is that rest, I'm still actively creating. I am still actively engaging with my creativity. It might look different. You know, I might be working on a collaboration. I might be doing digital illustration. You know, I might be making little clay um, trinkets is what I'm working on next. And so 
it it's a massive difference. It's so easy to distinguish. And again, I, there's a secondary blog post I wrote on this that helps you identify if you're in resistance or if you're in rest and how to navigate getting out of resistance and embracing rest. And really it looks like action. If you can just give 10, 15 minutes a day to your studio practice, I believe that's part of you actively negating the force of resistance in your life. So inner resistance, I think, would show up in the format of our thoughts, right? Conscious and subconscious. Like I've noticed since I've been in this rest season, I've had some thoughts come up that I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. And I'm able to kind of process without being attached to the thoughts. So some of the thoughts I'm experiencing or have worked through was, you know, I'm an artist, but I'm not creating work. So maybe I'm an imposter, you know, maybe I'm not an actual artist. And then you can kind of talk back to that thought and like help your brain see that like, no, it's okay. Like I totally get why you're offering me this thought, but it's not actually accurate because I'm in a season where I'm allowing myself to rest. I'm allowing myself to have a lower output so that I can nourish myself so that when I do move into a season of higher output, I'm ready, I'm capable, I'm full of inspiration, I'm full of nourishment that I can pour into my work. So yeah, inner resistance definitely and in, in your thoughts. And sometimes, you know, it's so helpful to talk to other artists and other creatives and other humans in your life that can support you because they can help you manage those thoughts. And for me, I'm a huge verbal processor. If you find yourself in a season of rest or low output or resistance, you know, like, there are a few different things we can do. So if you're finding that you're in resistance and you're just not working, you're not doing the thing your soul loves, the only solution is to do the thing your soul loves, right? The only solution is to go sit down and do something creative, get in your studio space. But if you're managing to do that, but you're also finding you're in a little bit of a dry spell or you're in a season of rest and recalibration, there are some things that we can do. So one, we can adjust our expectations, right? If we remove the expectation that I need to be in abundance, I need to be putting out a ton of work into the world. If we just remove that from the equation, honestly, like your life becomes so much happier because you're just, you're, you're accepting of where you're at, you know? And this, of course, I'm going to say it again, comes with the caveat of you need to be getting in your studio. You need to be getting in your studio, even just five minutes a day or every couple days, you need to be getting in your studio. But adjusting your expectations, adjust your goals. You know, I started the year, like I always do, with some some really high goals and also some really achievable goals. And I'm finding that even the achievable goals that I set for myself, they're just not all going to get accomplished. So reevaluating your goals and setting, maybe setting some new goals, you know, like I want to 
read for 15 minutes every morning, or I want to make sure I'm eating breakfast, you know, like literally going back to the foundation of how do you nourish yourself? Another idea is to collaborate with another artist. Uh, You can spend time in nature. That again is part of that storing up inspiration. It grounds us, it helps us slow down, gives us perspective, it feeds us, you know. And yeah, I I mean, and I do list several more things. I'm sounding like a broken record, but I do list several more ideas in the blog post that I've written. gifts of sensitivity. I love just that phrase alone. Yeah, sensitivity it is a double-edged sword because on one hand, you're, in my experience, my nervous system does feel constantly drained because I am feeling and sensing everything. And so I have to be very intentional about resetting my nervous system, grounding my body, making sure my body knows like it's okay you're not actually in danger there isn't actually a threat to your survival but the flip side of that is that i feel everything and i can bring that into my creative practice and again i can um, transmute those feelings into clarity and into peace and into nourishment that I can actually leave my studio with, feeling refreshed, feeling filled up. Another aspect of sensitivity, at least again, in my experience, we're all different, but has been sensitivity to this unseen and unheard realm. Learning how to pick up on different energies that maybe aren't this is so, it's so woo-woo, but it's so true and it's so a part of who I am. Just picking up on different presences, you know, like you can call it angels, the divine, God, source, you know, like just, I think part of being sensitive is being able to tap into that energy system, that realm, you know. And so that is definitely a part of my practice and a part of how I interpret what being a highly sensitive person means. Yes, coming home to your inner being. Again, such a beautiful phrase. I feel like I've used the word beautiful like 10,000 times in this interview. Again, I've got to take it back to meditation, take it back to tapping into this divine realm and divine being, tapping into source and into God. And that is what brings me back to this centered at home place inside of my humanity is connecting with you know what i believe to be the creator of my humanity right 
So that, that looks like quiet moments, reflection, it looks like breath work, it looks like using the imagination to connect with God. And number one thing for sure is, is meditation. For me, that's definitely what does it. Okay, th this is like at the moment, but it's also always been this way is water. I, I am so equally like <laughs> terrified of water. Like I think water is so spooky in a sense. Like, I mean, when you're swimming in a body of water, it is so much bigger than you and it is so terrifying. And then at the same time, it's also like so beautiful and so relaxing. Like you think about an ocean and it's the salt and the air and the sound and the waves, you know, it's so refreshing and life-giving. And I grew up on a lake, Lake Murray, it's in South Carolina. And, you know, I literally was so fortunate in that I would, all I had to do was walk outside and I was immediately connected with the lake in my backyard, like this massive, you know, lake. And I have just found this theme and I'm a cancer sun sign. So I have just found this theme in my life that water, I just always feel nourished and loved and supported when I'm in or near water. So even like right now I live in Greenville, South Carolina, which is closer to the mountains. So like Northwest South Carolina and there, you know, there's no oceans over here, but there are a lot of rivers and creeks. And so that's kind of where I try to, I try to find a source of water weekly you know, finding different state parks or local hikes that are connected to creeks. And it's definitely the most healing aspect of nature for me right now. And, and really truly has always been healing for me. Okay, so one of the things that I found myself doing in the midst of my uh, low creative season in the sense that I wasn't actually painting and producing paintings, I really felt drawn to doing digital illustration. And my husband actually came to me with this idea where he was like, you know, he brought all the research and he's like, we should do a an Amazon resource where you're illustrating, it could be like a how to draw flowers book and it would be a great source of passive income where we're in that season where we're learning, you know, how to diversify and how to not trade minutes for dollars, right? Because that um, is kind of crippling, okay? Like we, we need to be making passive income. So I just released out into the world this beautiful, it's a, it's a kid's book, but it's also for adults and it's um, got 50 different flower illustrations and I take you through step by step how to illustrate 50 different flowers and it's 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 really beautiful it's got quotes and it's got poems and it's got fun facts about the flowers and it really was a labor of love like I worked on I started this project as soon as I finished the resilience collection which was that collaboration with Kelly and I just finished the project a couple weeks ago and published it through Amazon. And oh man, I truly felt like I gave birth when I finished that project because I was probably putting 10 hours or more a week into that book. And now it's done and it's 
passively making me a little bit of income, which is so nice. And more of that, right? We need more as creatives and people in general, like we need more of these passive sources of income. And this was a project that I was able to just like a baby. I spent an X amount of time just pouring myself into and then it was finished. And now unlike a baby, you know, like I don't have to touch it. It exists in the world and it's it's really beautiful and I'm so proud of it. Like I was really nervous that I was going to be critical of it when the book came in the mail and I I got the book and I looked through it and I just, I was so moved and I was so proud of myself and and you know, I feel like it, it takes a lot for me to be proud of myself for something. Like I'm always looking to improve. Like I'm always looking to make myself better and I... <laughs> That's also a double-edged sword, but this was something that I was like, wow, I am really proud of myself. So if you want to learn how to draw flowers, you can get it on Amazon. It's called How to Draw Flowers Like an Artist, and it's by me, Sky, Sky Como Miller. That is definitely the project that is lighting me up the most right now because it's it feels like it's given me the most fuel and the most like relief. I'm like, okay, this exists. And like, I don't have to keep putting labor into it. It's just working for me. And honestly, it makes me so, so happy. My bread and butter is definitely original paintings, but I do also offer prints of those paintings. And I do like watercolor bookmarks. The bookmarks, honestly, they, people love the bookmarks. They're these beautiful, you know, blue watercolor bookmarks. I laminate them and I I will um, find fabric. So um, I'll go to Goodwill or I'll have like different patterns or different clothing that, you know, I've used to like hand fray. So I'll cut up and fray and like attach the ribbons to the bookmarks. And those honestly go so fast. They never make it to my website. Like I just have people on Instagram being like, okay, I want like five, you know? But yeah, I really enjoy the bookmarks too. Reading is a special, it holds a special place in my heart. Like I became a reader in adulthood. Like I, I was not a reader growing up and I fell in love with reading just like a few years ago. And that's when I also started doing the bookmarks. And anyway, I digress, but those are some of my offerings. And of course, now I have the How to Draw book, which is also an offering and available on my website and on Amazon. You can connect with me best on Instagram. Instagram is the place that I put most of my energy and my love. Like I really enjoy making reels. I really enjoy making content. I, I like encouraging other people. You know, I am finding that I don't necessarily have an audience of collectors, but I have an audience of other artists, which is totally fine and beautiful. But, you know, I, I just enjoy speaking to knowing my audience as artists and speaking to the artist path and the artist journey. I'm also on TikTok and that's like a whole different, that is just like, TikTok is like the wild, wild west. Like I am like just pure millennial. And like when I go to TikTok, I'm just immediately like, 
overwhelmed. Like I'm like, oh dear God, like there are so many different things. Like, and also I don't think the TikTok algorithms like know what I want to see. So they're just showing me everything. And I'm like, God, like this is too much, <laughs> too much stimulation. I also love Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest is just, you know, this beautiful place where I can curate my own pins and I have some really sweet boards over there. But other than that, like you can sign up to be on my newsletter. I do maybe one or two emails a month. I'll usually do like a, a studio update, like here's what's going on. My most recent one was about the book. And then I'll also do what I call capital B beauty, which is more of like an inspiration. Like this is what's keeping me inspired kind of email. So that's how people can connect with me. Thank you so much, Sky, for your time, your energy, and for being here with us and sharing so generously of your stories and your wisdom. I am just so thrilled to have you here, and I cannot wait for more creative mothers to find this and to be supported by it. Thank you for having me. This has been such a special treat. I don't normally get to just chat about my creative practice and my philosophies and my experiences. So this was really, truly like such a dream come true. And anytime you want to have me back, <laughs> I would love, I would love to be back. Thank you for having me and I will connect with you soon. Oh yes, let's do it. Let's bring you back for another season of the podcast I would just love that and you know we connect and resonate on a lot of different levels so I know that we can explore so many other topics around intuition and creativity and it's just going to be so rich just as rich as this one this conversation has just been such a beautiful full of depth and wisdom and just so much beauty. Like I, I just want to melt in it. So it's been such an honor and pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Sky, for sharing so generously of your energy and your wisdom to us. It's been just incredible. If you enjoy this episode, subscribe or share it with someone who you feel could be supported by this episode too. And if it resonates and it feels right, it will be amazing to have your review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so that this episode and all of these other episodes can reach those who need it too. If you're looking to create a soothing, calming haven for your home, I invite you to dreamsasaurus.com where you'll find meditative paintings made with earth and plants and soothing art courses to come home to your inner being and creativity.